Welcome to the Healthcare Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. In senior care, training medical professionals for a new wave of connectivity is a labor-intensive task. Not only does increased connectivity with patients bring compliance and information safety issues, but the entire role of a care manager evolves from just providing care to more extensive emotional support as well. Where will this evolution of medtech leave professionals today or 10 years down the line? Here to give us her insight is Heather Kelly, Chief Information Officer for the Western Reserve Area Agency on Aging. Kelly joined us on the Healthcare Podcast to dig into this changing landscape of senior care, exploring the effects of medtech on aging patients, providers and care managers, and why this is only the tip of the iceberg. All right, Heather, how are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. You know, before we jump into everything, I've got to compliment your Twitter handle, ClassyHepburn007. That is a nice blend of classics. <laughs> what made you go for that? Oh, I just, you know, I love Catherine Hepburn and James Bond, so you can't go much better than that. Right. Who doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't? I love that. Yes. So you have a, um, a really dense and extensive uh, background and career in technology, and now you are providing technological services within healthcare and specifically within senior care. So I wanted to know, you know, what about that field um, really entices you? What brought you, you know, as you entered the technology field, why did you want to be a CIO? Maybe not just CIO, but why did you want to provide those services within healthcare specifically? There's there's a lot that led me to this piece of, of my career. Going back a couple years, um, it was the agency that I was doing some consulting for, for some um, security audits and things like that. And <clears throat> there was a great need for um, just to better things behind the walls. That's the best way I can say it. And I found that there was a really good fit here for me and I enjoyed the cause. Um, I loved what they did and I wanted to be a part of it. And through that, through my consulting business and through that connection, um, it just, it felt so right. And there was a gratification to it that I knew that I was not just helping the agency build a better network. I was helping the agency build a better community. And that was so important to me. So it, it really, really flowed together well. It became a passion of mine. Um, I, I love what I do, not because I know how I do it, but because I know why I do it. And I tell a lot of people that because there's, I, I don't just come to work every day because I have to. I get, you know, I come to work every day because I get to. And I really love the causes I love being able to see family members and care managers and those types of people that are in this business feel a sense of relief that there is help and not just the medical side, but connecting families together. There, There is help for that. And I love being a part of that. Well, I think that it's always fruitful when especially the back end of everything, you can still have people working on it that feel that passion and that drive for delivering a product or an experience that is meaningful to the people they serve. So it's not just the ones on the front end who are doing the actual, you know, human to human interaction, but you know, when you are developing those networks and that infrastructure um, for safe communication, for expanded communication, for better data storage, whatever it might be, it's still with that mindset of how can I best provide for 
my patients, you know, for my customers. Exactly. And it's connecting, it's connecting staff with our care managers, with our consumers, you know, with the aging and, and that, and that all goes in the reverse as well. When they find us, we have an instant connection to them because we know better how to do that and how to manage that connection and to make sure that it's secure and to make sure that it's consistent. And, and that, that's the piece of it that now we, we can truly be the best in class part of that. It, there's, there's so much behind a, just a simple visit to someone's home that all has to be documented. It all has to be um, archived in a particular way and secure and all of the HIPAA regulations and things that fall behind that. We, we can't slip and slide through that. It has to be 100% all the time. Right, right. The, yeah, you can't, uh, you definitely can't half it. You have to go, you have to go full speed all the time. I, I feel that. Exactly. So, you know, I feel like the needs of the aging, uh, you know, kind of what is provided within senior care has changed a lot within the past few years. Um, and I think that makes it difficult often to keep up with those changes and continue to provide services that are ahead of the curve, not just staying, you know, alongside the curve. So tell me a bit about what some of those changes have been in the last decade or so and, you know, how senior care is evolving. Within Cuyahoga County up here where we where we're located, um, you know, the, the community itself, the city itself is growing and ever changing. And you have your millennials that are coming into, you know, to the community. But these millennials are taking care of their aging parents. And the, the the younger kids have older parents, whereas there used to not be such a huge gap between that. There is now. And, you know, some people waited till later in life to have kids. And and so so now as they're aging, their kids have a, a technology mind and they're thinking, gosh, if I could just, you know, be be more present with my my parents when they're either in a care facility or when they're at home. If I could only just make them feel like I'm more there. So where does that take us? It takes us to video conferencing from the home to the nursing home or to the care facility or actually in the aging parents home with a display screen on the t- on the phone, the FaceTimes, all of these types of connections that people can now make with their aging family to bridge the gap in between. It doesn't have to be there, there doesn't have to be this space in between anymore. There is so much technology that fills up that space that allows us, even as, as an, an aging organization where we provide for the aging, even then, it's every day when we're out with our consumers, when we're out in the communities and the five counties that we serve, what are they saying? What are they saying at events what is, you know, kind of the whisper on the street? What do people really need? Is anybody asking the aging community that? What would make it easier for you? And people that don't have family, they rely so much on their care managers. And they don't have family around. That's the only person that they might see every week. The person that delivers their meals, that comes and picks them up and takes them to their doctor's appointments. These types of things that we provide, especially the meals, it is so critical that we keep up to date and the way that things have changed over those years, the meals on wheels, the different um, hot food delivery services that you have now, um, you know, fresh to table types of things and teaching them how to take how to take better care of themselves, how to cook for one person or two people Um, here at our, our new facilities that we just finished. We just moved in two weeks ago. 
we now have a way in a demonstration kitchen in this facility where we can teach people how to feed themselves nutritiously. You don't have to eat all of this processed food. And, and they're willing to come here and learn that because they don't necessarily want to stay at home all day. But with the transportation piece and over the years, the people who have been sedentary in their homes don't have to be anymore. We have ways of getting them around that are easier, ways of connecting to them that are easier. Video conferencing has taken us way beyond where we ever thought we would be at this point in time, especially with with people who are not in the same state, in the same community, trying to care for their aging parent. It has truly bridged that gap. And here at Western Reserve, we are wanting to be, and I believe we're right on the cusp of being at that point where we will have that state-of-the-art technology that's going to be able to do that. And we're developing it right here in-house. So, I mean, it sounds like just on the interpersonal end between a child and their aging parent, the technology is obviously leaps and bounds where it was 10 years ago. And and you have way better access to communicate, to have more authentic conversations, and sort of just to, to keep that uh, relationship alive way more easily. And I, I guess now we're seeing this extend into healthcare even, and that same technology is now making it easier to connect and to take care of your patients. So I, I guess what you're saying here is that you're seeing a shift to where this technology is allowing medical professionals to better take care of their patients while allowing them to stay more independent and remain at their home and not necessarily always have to, okay, uh, you know, my parent is aging, it's time to take them to a facility. Now it's like, okay, this technology is improving to make their home the facility almost and to make it so that they don't feel the need that they have to leave the comfort of, of their own home? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. With with things even like doctors on call and those kinds of things that you see out in the community now where you can FaceTime with your doctor and say, hey, I have a really bad cold, you know, or, or I have a strep throat or something. Can you call in a prescription for me? You don't have to physically go see your doctor anymore. Does that provide better care? In, in one aspect, I believe it does because it's it's a more rapid type of care. So for, for us being able to do things like that for our consumers and provide them a more rapid type of response, I think it does completely change the, the bend on healthcare. You know, will it will it in the future be what healthcare is? I believe it will be. Um, I, I don't I, I don't think that that you know you we used to have our visiting doctors years ago who would come to your house and you know take care of you when you were sick and and those types of things. I don't think we'll get back to that, but we'll get back to the point where they will be so much more accessible that calling your doctor and making an appointment will become old school. Um, you, you won't need to do that anymore. You'll be able to blog with your doctor. You'll be able to keep up and answer questions with your doctor online. Whereas instead of having a face-to-face conversation, which I'm not saying that's not important because it is, it's, it's good to have that, that relationship with your care providers and, and you know, with your, your medical staff. But I believe that technology will just keep pushing us that direction. I don't know if we can avoid that. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, more people will get the type of urgent care that they need instead of being way down on a list somewhere, 
you can be more productive in less amount of time. Right. And yeah, I feel like it's a representative shift, uh, representative of a greater shift in just med tech in general, that everything is tele-blank, right? Telemedicine, teletherapy. That's right. Um, it's just, it, it's the way of the future and it's starting to become less of a a niche, innovative push within the industry, but it's, it's starting to become more ubiquitous. Um, but I, you know, I think with senior care, there is a bit of a difference. There are specifics that go into taking care of the aging versus just a classic checkup. So what about providing remote services for senior care is different than other types of care? You know, how do you have to adapt that technology to fit that uh, kind of patient? Well, you're not going to be able to walk into, you know, an aging consumer's home and say, okay, here's your iPhone right. and, you know, you, you will be able to, you know, FaceTime with me anytime you want. They're going to look at you like you're crazy because it's like, well, I don't even, you, you can tell me once, but I'm really afraid to use that technology. There are some that embrace it and love it because of their grandchildren and things like that. But, but when, when they're already not well or needing care, adding complication to an already complicated day is not the way to solve the problem. But could we put iPads in their homes where they press one button and they're connected to an urgent care provider or they're connected to their care manager or, or the person who they trust? Could that be a family member? Sure. Um, but when it comes to medical, they tend to want the medical advice side of things. Whereas a care manager can say, you know, yes, I am confirming your appointment. I will see you tomorrow. It's nice to see you. Have a good evening. It, it's those types of interactions where they don't have to do a lot. They're one button pr press away from just easing the anxiety. That alone causes everything else to just go smoother. A lot, a lot of their concerns are just anxiety related. Um, they, they really want to just talk to somebody and, and make sure that I'm supposed to see somebody tomorrow. I really just want to make sure I'm going to see somebody tomorrow. And is it seven o'clock at night? Yes. But it's, it's that interaction with the person that they know cares for them. And they have that little bit deeper relationship with even sometimes more so than their family, because that care manager is it, it's such it's, you know, it, it not an intimate relationship, but it is that level where they have conversations and they trust them and the trust is the biggest piece of it. So I, I believe there will be, t I mean, our refrigerators have it now where, you know, you can look inside your refrigerator when you're at the grocery store and know if you need milk or not. It, it's going to be that type of thing. Can you look in on your family and make sure that they're okay? Sure. Videos all over the place now. Everybody has video in their house, making sure they're not being broken into those type of things. But we can layer the security on top of that and layer the technology on top of that that makes them still feel secure in their home and they remain in the place where they can be independent yet feel safe and secure and that they're going to be well taken care of. Right. Well, you know, what's interesting about the way technology is affecting the professionals within senior care is that, you know, to a degree, this heightened level of connectivity now where you can have a patient dial up you know, your care manager and ask just the simple questions and really develop that personal relationship. You know, being a healthcare provider now, whoever it, whoever fills that role isn't just about providing care. It's almost becoming kind of a, a consulate role. Like a, you are, you are a, a counselor, you are uh, there for guidance, you're there for emotional support. So I feel like 
the training now that has to go into preparing these professionals um, for providing aging care changes as the technology changes because you're just that much more connected with your patients. So your care has to evolve to be on par with that connectivity. That's exactly right. There, Nothing changes faster than training in any industry. There's always a new way. There's always a new format. There's always a new you know outreach. There's always something new. And we have to make sure that, you know, first of all, the people have the passion to learn it, that, that you, you have to want to know what's coming and know what's over the horizon and be hungry for that type of information. Um, we, we here at our agency, we push training. We, we love to train our people, lunch and learns. Um, you know, we have an amazing facility here now that is a training room where we can sit down with you know, 80 of our care managers at a time, get the interaction between them. We get the one-on-one FaceTime with them. We're able to loop in video conferencing with that. So those that can't physically be here, they're still part of that. So they, they feel more like a team. They feel more integrated and they share better stories and they share better ideas and ways to keep what we're doing relevant and to make sure that we know it may not be something that's so much of a concern now, but it's on the horizon. So we have to be prepared for that. And you can't, you can't ever avoid that piece of it, that knowing piece of it, the knowledge piece of it is is critical. It's absolutely critical. Right. Knowledge of you know how you've done it, but also adapting to that knowledge of the new way. And have you noticed any issues in changing that training for sort of this this next evolution of aging care? You know, as you have professionals going through their training and and learning how to best care for their patients now that there is that extra added level of connectivity. Do you see any new challenges in in things to teach these professionals? Well, sure. There's <clears throat> on the compliance side of things. Even you have to be, you know, very cautious now with mobile devices and and things. You know, with with recording devices, things can be recorded, pictures can be taken. Um, you know, but and iPhones can be dangerous in certain environments if we're not careful. So our care managers and our field staff have to know these are the regulations. Th- these HIPAA regulations are so critical. You have to make sure that you follow those rules and the compliance rules and the safety behind it. You want to make sure that you're keeping yourself safe in an environment as well. You may feel like walking into a consumer's home is safe and you feel safe there, um, you know, but the, the environment outside of that is that safe. So it, it's teaching them how to watch out for themselves, how to watch out for their environment and how, how important what they're exposed to is and how to handle that information. So internally, and and training now has changed so much. There's so much of it that is online. We do a lot here in the agency that way. We can can reach a lot more of our people at one time, it all being cloud-based and web-based so that they can not necessarily have to be in the office to do it, but it keeps them up to par because they are able to access, you know, that that training from wherever they are. And that, that changes all the time. Every new person that comes into the agency, it seems like there's always a new layer and level of training um, to prepare them to do that social work type of job that they're going to be doing um, and those, those care manager type of roles that they're going to be involved in. How are you seeing the healthcare industry respond to this new added layer of connectivity? Um, you know, I, I know making sure everything is HIPAA compliant is you know, first and foremost like the main concern and making sure that everything falls into line with regulations. 
Um, but you know, just how are you seeing the industry respond? Do you do you do you think professionals are happy with this added level of connectivity? Do you think the industry as a whole is struggling to adapt? You know, what what do you see for that future of the healthcare industry taking um, this added level of connectivity, not just in sick care but beyond, and and you know, putting it on their utility belt and making it just part of the process? Right. And I think all the industries are different, how, how they're adapting and reacting to it. Um, I think like you know, in the hospital industry, um, you know, they're embracing it. Um, it it's fr- from my perspective. I, I think it's it, it makes things run smoother. It makes access to information quicker. Doctors are updated sooner um, and, and more rapidly. So they're they're not having to dig for so much information because it's very readily available, even on the patient side. You can log into your own patient portal now when you've been to the hospital and you know every single thing that happened and you don't have to have a lot of printed documents and things like that. And that's a whole nother side of it is the whole, um, you know, paper heavy industries um, are, are lessening up on that. You know, when you, when you look at the other sides of it, like nursing home type care, those types of facilities, and and just your your small you know little family doctor places, and and just even the pharmacists. I mean, it's even your pharmacy is is affected by the way that technology is is going to go. I really do think, though, in in, in general and in broad umbrella statements, um, I, I think it is being embraced. A lot of our our millennial ages and our our part of that. It is part of their psyche. And they can't just go into an industry that doesn't understand that that's how, you know, these kids have been raised on iPads and on mobile devices since they were very little. And their knowledge of how that, where that technology is going to take us is critical. We can't ignore that. They see it coming before we see it coming because it's, it's truly part of their world and always has been. When they've, go, you know, they've gone through school and everything was electronic, their books, every single thing. They hardly had to write down anything. That Taking that into any industry, including healthcare, w- will be what keeps us pushing forward into technology that's only going to make industry stronger and more secure. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't agree more. And imagine, you know, in the next even 40 years or so, right, the the millennials that have been already millennialing for a while and are in the workforce and are leading strides, once they are the aging, once they are in senior care, you know, imagine growing up with this technology and being comfortable with it from the get-go, you know, how will, imagine how healthcare will continue to evolve and that that connectivity and what you expect from your physician, from your care manager, when you've just been exposed to dialing someone up on FaceTime consistently. It's just part of life. It is. And our gen, yes, you know, the, this this Gen X and, and all of this generations that are just in high school now and they're le- learning all the cool technology where you lay your iPhone on your arm and you can see your veins and make it easier to, you know, take blood and do things like this, that that is all just going to be a tool, like you said, on their tool belt. These, these, these types of technology will be something that they throw in their briefcase every day, not even a briefcase anymore, a backpack yeah, right. or whatever it is they some, carry. Some, some virtual briefcase. Some, some virtual knows, right? briefcase. <laughs> That's right. They drag and drop it every day, um, you know, into their virtual briefcase. Um, but, but honestly, to, to have conversations with kids that age and to see how they envision things moving forward, um, it, it's truly fascinating. It really is because they, they have a better grip on where technology will take us than I think we, we understand. And it's a really great conversation to have, even when it comes to healthcare. And when you take your child to the doctor, the things that they see 
seem normal to them, all the new technology and in the hospitals. And to us, it's like, wow, you know, my doctor's doing this now. And to, to, to one of these millennials, it's, I would expect him to, that's where we're headed. That is where we're going. And, and, you know, the, the horizon is full of amazing technology that I really, truly think we're going to be able to just build and build and build upon. And we're going to have to embrace some of that, but, you know, change in technology, some think it's good. Some think it's bad. Some think it's necessary. Um, I kind of fall right in the middle of that um, because I, I, I love what technology can do for us. I think there is many opportunities that it just makes us better businesses, better industries and better communities all the way around. Well, Heather, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast and giving us your insight into how this next level of connected technology is changing uh, senior care and aging care for the better, I'd like to say. Um, and, and you know, though it might be difficult for the providers themselves to adapt to these changes as their role as a provider changes, you know, they're not just giving care, but they're now becoming more of a personal part of these patients' lives. Um, you know, as that happens and as people adjust, I think there will be some growing pains. But at the same time, I think we'll come out the other side excited for what the future holds, you know, what that next level of care is going to be like. Because at the end of the day, I think the conversation needs to be how can healthcare providers and professionals provide the best care possible? And if technology does that for them, then, you know, hey, I think we should embrace it with open arms. And thank you, Heather, so much for coming on the podcast and giving us that insight. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. <laughs>